Welcome back to another episode of the Where the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Make sure you visit EvansLawGRP.com. Evans Law Group with Cameron Evans, one of the very best labor attorneys in the country. That is not opinion. That is fact. Check the resume and support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Big thank you to everyone listening on SoundCloud. If you're listening on iTunes, do us a favor. Click subscribe. Support the Where the Bear podcast. And it works for you, too. It's a win-win scenario. You listen to us. And you get the luxury of those episodes just popping right up on your phone. You don't have to do a whole heck of a lot to get them. Volleyball edition here today. Rob Beam, the volleyball coach here at Oakland University. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Neil. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely good to have you. Appreciate you carving out some time. Uh, We caught you in in a bit of a a sandwich here. The match last night as we record this against Bowling Green. Tomorrow you guys go to Michigan State. That match will be on Big Ten Network Plus. So if you want to check that out, you can uh, feel free to watch that but last night against Bowling Green a five-set marathon match that really featured two uh, I think equally competitive teams Jamie Walling uh, went over the two dozen kill mark in that match she had 25 she just keeps rolling Rob yeah no great match Um, I thought well coached by both teams I thought well executed by all the players well I think that's what championship level volleyball looks like you know and Outcomes are binary, and you don't get, you know, at least in our sport, there's no such thing as a draw, and someone's got to win. And, you know, they were fortunate to get the last two points, and we sure would like to have those back and get them on our side. But ultimately, I thought the performance was really good. I think it's a big, a big growing and building experience for our players. Um, obviously, you know, the numbers, the numbers are there. Taylor uh, Dellinger and, and Jamie Walling were phenomenal last night, scored a ton of points, put up great numbers, and, you know, moved the needle offensively for us. You know, but I think that our whole team came to play. You know, we were talking before the podcast here. You know, uh, Megan Hobler is putting up unbelievable numbers as a blocker, and she makes that makes her one of the best point scorers on the floor. And, you know, I thought our entire team did, uh, did a great job. And uh, just we're a little bit unfortunate not to get the win. It's interesting, too, in, in going back to that conversation we were having, because that's not the way we're conditioned to think about volleyball. When you look at Megan Hobler and what she brings to the table, you mentioned before volleyball may be one of the most analytical sports that are out there because of the plethora of, of statistics that, that are involved with it. If, if you look at the numbers just at sea level and you don't look at them, you're looking at them independently, I think maybe the common fan doesn't realize the impact that Megan has on a match just from a point – because here, here's the goal. Through everything that goes on in volleyball, it's no different than any other sport. Move the scoreboard. Go to zero, to one, to two, all the way up to 25. Move the scoreboard. She moves the scoreboard as well as anybody. Yeah, and, you know, you can only do it in three ways. You can kill it, you can block it, and you can ser- uh, serve an ace. And all of those are equal. There's no three-point line in volleyball. Um, a kill isn't worth more than a block. So if you have someone who is capable of blocking a lot of balls, uh, it's a difficult skill. It's slightly intermittently reinforcing because sometimes you can do everything right and not get one. And sometimes you can do everything wrong and get one. Um, but it's a, you know, it's still a point. And, um, uh, you know, Megan was all tournament team at Bradley. Um, you know, i really proud of the effort that she put in and she's worked extremely hard to, to acquire that skill. Um, you know, over her now going into her fourth year and, uh, you know, was doing a great job. So very encouraged by that. You know, I think like our entire team played well. We had good service performance coming off the sideline. Um, A defensive specialist, Caitlin Johnson, played um, the most meaningful minutes that she's really had in our last two matches. And she was great. She was our most accurate serve receiver. Um, You know, I think that 
Um, Brittany Walsh has shown a tremendous uh, ability to go all the way around and play six rotations. You know, I think we had a lot of known factors at the beginning of the season, and now we're starting to find out what our unknown factors are that are really high level, and, you know, it's very exciting for everybody. This is a dance, Rob, that you do every season in, you know, the the pre-Horizon League schedule, and what you're doing is is, is you – coined it to me before essentially collecting data and and figuring out where you stack up and and the goal is to line yourself up for when horizon league play begins uh, away you go which is just around the uh just around the horizon no pun it's, intended there it's, it's coming it, up quickly it, yeah we've got two more weeks uh you know then we get started with the the meat and potatoes of the conference season and you know one thing that i would tell everyone is this is potentially the deepest team that we've ever had um we have 18 athletes. I think every single one of them is capable of being a great performer on game day. Uh, you know, the substitution limits in our sport are going to keep that from happening. And the patterns that we're going to play are going to keep that from happening. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a great person just waiting to come in and affect the match. You know, you saw it last night. You know, Haley Brown comes in and serves points coming in for the first time in the fifth set. And she's got, a you know, a great serve and is confident with that. And, like, those are the moments that, all the training and all the hours and all the preparation, all that comes out in like that one instant. And I think our depth is going to certainly get to be a, a big asset as we, you know, look ahead to the Horizon League season, because there's always going to be times where you know, I might not be at my best, but there's going to be somebody waiting to come in and fill in for me and save the day. And I think that we have that capability, um, you know, and I think that's a very exciting thing for all of our fans. Volleyball edition of the Wear the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. If you're listening on SoundCloud, give us a like there. You can follow us on SoundCloud. And also, if you're listening on iTunes, go ahead and click subscribe. The latest episodes will come right to your phone. My name is Neil Rule. He is Rob Beam, the volleyball coach. And uh, you guys at Michigan State, tomorrow night, again, that mat- that match will be available on Big Ten Network Plus. And our fan base here at Oakland, all the Golden Grizzlies fans across all the sports, whenever you square off against Michigan State, there's there's extra juice and and I know that the coaches sometimes you may want to steer clear that narrative uh for whatever reasons that that coaches have but the bottom line is right or wrong if you get a victory over Michigan State and I'm not talking about necessarily you guys tomorrow just anywhere across the board of soccer wins a golf whoever I it always catches our fan base's attention. So in that respect I I know that you understand that. I, I certainly know that you recognize that. That makes that a big match in and of itself. Yeah, you know, we, we have a, a pretty great, uh, unique opportunity. We get to play both Michigan and Michigan State um, from the Big Ten, obviously both of the, the in-state Big Ten schools uh, in the same year. So that's a pretty unique opportunity for us, and we've already played Michigan. We saw some great things from that. It's a, a solid Michigan team who was in the top 25. Uh, Michigan State looks very good on film. And really physical, the net. They're running the same system with their setters and called a 6-2 where they have two setters deployed in the back row and three hitters at all times in the front row. Um, we've been doing that as well. It's going to be a really fun matchup. Um, you know, I, I, I have no qualms about talking about being an underdog. I've been an underdog my entire life. You know, like I was about 115 pounds and 5'8 when I was a freshman in high school playing on some of the best club soccer teams in the country. And I love being an underdog. I like having people look at you and say, well, you're not going to win. Like, you're not big enough. You're not <laughs> yeah. tall enough. You're not. F-. And then you start performing and you have what it takes. I think that's always been an inherent part of my personality. Um, 
you know, wherever that comes from, I just a big part of, you know, how I was raised and, you know, my parents and like just being able to give your very best, no matter what, um, never looking at a competition moment and thinking you're less than that. you always have a chance to win and, you know, but putting in the hours and the time. And I think that this team does that. I think our program does that. I think there's no reason that we can't go out and put a great performance on the floor, you know, in Jenison Fieldhouse and get a win. And if it doesn't happen, we're going to analyze it just like we would anywhere else and see where we can get better and um, then put it back into action. We play Miami on Saturday here in the arena. And, and that certainly is the case. And, again, that will be available tomorrow at Michigan State on Big Ten Network. Plus on the radio side as well, the Spartan Sports Radio Network. My good friend John Krieger will be calling that my broadcast partner with Detroit City FC. So if you're bumping around the car and you want to check in on it, feel free to go down that avenue as well. Uh, but, Rob, looking ahead for you guys, you mentioned the fact uh, Miami of Ohio will be in town. You guys will score off with them on Saturday. Then the following weekend, and this was something I wanted to touch on, touch with on you, or excuse <laughs> touch base with on you and get your opinion on it because you look at the the current climate of volleyball scheduling right now and you and I had a very spirited conversation about this and you guys will head out to Colorado and play in the Colorado Classic and it'll be that type of scenario play three matches in the two days and after what happened in the arena last night with two evenly matched volleyball teams that went at it for over two and a half hours and went every bit of five sets the, the schedule set up the way it is right now, and this is me, Neil Rule's opinion. I'm not I'm not speaking for Rob Beam here. It doesn't lend for your best product to be out there on the floor. It just doesn't. I mean that that's I believe that to be a statement of fact. Yeah, you know it's something that volleyball coaches have been talking about for quite a while, and I think the energy behind that issue has really taken hold in the last three to four, maybe five years, where a number of like-minded coaches um, that work with the American Volleyball Coaches Association begin to see the, that that group's influence going back to the conference memberships. And we're starting to see proposals around changing the way that we do our schedule. So right now you have 28 competition dates, but to get to like something around 30 matches, it's going to mean that you're going to play two matches on one day and possibly two matches again the next day. So you're playing four matches of volleyball at the very highest level of, of you know sport for women in our country and very little rest. Hard. It's hard to get good food. It's hard to get good sleep, especially when you're on the road. Um, and it's very taxing on the, our, our, you know, our female athletes' bodies. It's very, the recoveries are really difficult. And this is a power development sport. This is not um, – there is so much that goes into the dynamic ability and the, the recovery of that skill that you're, you know, when you say you're not getting your best product, it's probably true. They're going out and giving a hundred percent, but what they're get, you may only be getting eighty-five percent of their, you know, of their actual ability. But you're getting all eighty-five because everybody across Division One, they all play really hard, and I think that the proposal to switch from twenty-eight dates to thirty matches or some number in that ballpark that's currently being floated around the NCAA and the AVCA is the right way to go because we could now spread those out so you could play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So instead of playing, you know, three matches in less than 24 hours, you know, 18 to 20 hours, now you're playing them over a three-whole-day period. You're going to get better recovery. You're going to get better performance. You're going to have less injury. Um, you're going to get a much better version of every team in the country. And I've been in favor of it for a long time. I'm very interested in the health of our athletes and trying to maintain a high-level performance, and I think this is the right way to go.
Seems like a no-brainer. I mean, when you roll out the points, where where's the descent? Um, tradition. Oh, cool. I I think that I, lo- I love that word. Yeah, tradition. I, I think I, I don't I don't think this is unique to volleyball or the scheduling issue. I think that that us as human beings, ha- many of us have a hard time with change, and changing a big part of the system and how it works affects people across their own individual viewpoints and their vantage point and you know in our house how does this work and how would it affect us and they look very internally I just like to look at as things as neutrally as possible and take in data and ask the questions like is this the right thing are we doing the right thing for our sport and its development are we doing the right thing for our student athletes are we doing the right thing for marketing promotion ticket sales like how is it great thing to have a 10 a.m. home match Right on a Friday, is that a great thing for anybody? No, the answer is no, Rob. I and I think <laughs> it doesn't matter where this comes across. It would be better for our whole sport to play single matches at peak times, where the recovery and the schedule and the metering are much more even and routine, like they are in many other sports in the NCAA or in professional sport across the. Um, you know, across the spectrum. I think like the biggest, you've heard a lot. I think this discussion has happened a lot in the last five to seven years in the NBA where they've changed the scheduling where they used to have back-to-back-to-backs in three different cities and they've gotten away from that because of the injury rates. They've gotten away from it because teams are starting to rest their superstars. Load and management, so, right. Yeah, the the NBA term is load management. There's no load management in Division One volleyball. Like your players are playing. And so then it becomes... What do we need to do on Monday through Thursday to make sure that our best players are as close to their 100% by Saturday afternoon? And that means less training, less reps, less improvement. There's any number of balances that we have to do because it's not we can't change it until we get to the change in the schedule. So I'm very much a proponent of it. I think our sport is, you know, it's a number of participation sport for girls, uh, team sport in the country. It continues to grow. And ratings are higher. Everything's higher. Te- yeah. Television is broadcasting is at an all-time high. Uh, the attendance at our our championship events have been growing every single year, and I, I think that it's we we need to continue to uh, evolve as a sport that you know started as a grassroots movement and is now you know one of the top sports for women in our country. And um, you know I've been excited to be part of that for 20 years and to see where it's grown and. Um, want to continue to do it for a long time to see how far we could take this. Well, Coach, you gave 100% today, uh, as you always do on the Wear the Bear podcast. Yeah, we're going to br- we're gonna bring it every day, Neil. <laughs> I know you will. When we catch back up with you, uh, we'll take a look ahead to Horizon League play. A big thank you to Rob Beam for his time. Evans Law Group for supporting the Wear the Bear podcast. EvansLawGRP.com. Uh, please support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. My name is Neil Rule. Thank you all for listening, everybody. Well, see you later.